partida. Wondering what to write about, trying to figure out what it's all about. Excellentialist, am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Spending time all alone, sending my songs through the phone, dreaming of a better home, when while focused on trying to own this craft, witchcraft. I hope the brujas let this last. That was great sounds of Watson with Outside on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige, with my partner in crime, who was nominated last night at the New England Music Awards. His name is Long Island Raised Elm City Made EZ Blues is in the building. EZ Blues, you are better with introductions more than me. Who do we have with us today on Behind the Brand? Ladies and gentlemen, the art of information is such a beautiful art and not one that we really shouldn't talk about a lot. When you have specific people that are out there, very similar to the heralds that used to stand on the street corners saying, hear ye, hear ye. Giving you the information of your community. I know he said community. I know he's saying great stuff with community. I know he said that. Uh, did I freeze? You froze, but it's a great photo picture of you. I wish I could snapshot on the computer easy. You, you're doing a great job. I love your energy. I hope I can get your face back. I know you have fight with the internet demons every single week on the broadcast, but you maintain to have a strong presence on this show. So as you go with your commit with your commanding attitude, easy blues, go with that motion. And I hope you didn't lose that train of thought in your head because you're doing okay. so well. Again, like the, her the heralds would stand on the street corners going, hear ye, hear ye, giving you the information that is necessary. Telling us the people to invest in, the people to look away from the heart and the soul of the community. That is the true job of the reporter. And I must say, this next person greets no matter the situation, you with a smile that could stop traffic or stop you in your tracks, just ask my co-host Prestige. I want you to put your hands together, not if you're driving. If you're driving, you keep your hands at 10 and 2, because we want you to be responsible. But mentally, put your hands together for the amazing Tom Bryan. Brother, how have you been? <laughs> Welcome. I'm, I'm good. It is a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Easy. Thanks. And might I just say, Prestige, that, that was a pro radio move. If you saw your co-host, struggling with the internet don't worry i got this filler for 30 seconds we are going to keep this video show going they did it the, the internet hates me it's a finesse that, that, that's the thing about easy blues man we we, we know each other so well it's, it's non-verbal communication with us we just picked each other back up but tom it's great to have you on the program it's been a long time coming um it yeah it's a great it's great to be here it's great to see you again our reunion of sorts on yeah, the radio okay. prestige we spent a good three years every monday morning i was coming on to talk yeah. to you, you and you and the ugly radio crew so it's great to see you behind now the do you still do movie reviews do you haven't done well. I do them in my head, but and I do them whenever, whenever Lucy or any friend is is down to listen. But I don't. You yeah. know, for for five years, I hosted a, a radio show on on WNHH on this very same station that we are all broadcasting on right now. I host a show called Deep Focus, 
so every that. every week uh, I would interview local filmmakers, and then my independent colleague and I, Alan Appel, would review new releases at the Bowtie Criterion Cinemas downtown. So for, for put in put in a good couple of years doing that, but uh, the pandemic kind of put an end to that show. So now I'm focusing on on news, local news, all all day, every day. Uh, but I still obsessively watch and think about movies. Just don't talk about them as much. <laughs> what made you want to be a reporter? Oh man, I have always loved writing, loved awesome. reading, and I think that in my in my personal life, I'm always very reluctant to throw myself out there into conversations with strangers. And so I thought, what is the best way to actually make myself talk to people? Well, why not do it for a living? <laughs> and run, running up to strangers all day, every day, asking them to tell their their life secrets to you, and then you publish on the internet forever for everyone to everyone to see. I said that only slightly tongue in cheek, but yeah, I mean, I, I really um I'm not the you know my idea of like a good time is sitting in a movie theater and just staring at a screen quietly by myself. So I think that part of my attraction to journalism is mm -hmm. that challenge, that pressure to go out there and to talk to different people every single day, all day. I love people. I love learning about mm -hmm. who people are. I really fundamentally think that that people are good and that people are worth listening to and that we live in a more vibrant and in interconnected and lower G democratic society when we hear and understand each other. But also I'm just kind of shy in my personal life. So I like a profession that challenges me to be not shy. <laughs> well, I already answered my question right there. Um, now you picked the right city, New Haven. Did you grow up in New Haven or no, did New I'm Haven find you? New Haven found me, fortunately, um, mm -hmm. as, as I think it has for, for a lot of people. Now, I grew up in the suburbs of, of New York City, okay. and I came to in a town called Irvington on the Hudson River, Westchester County. And okay. I came to New Haven in 20, got a job here in 2010 okay. at Yale University Press, which is the academic book publisher over on Temple Street downtown wow. at Yale. And then I met Lucy, my incredible partner, now wife, and wonderful local journalist, editor of the arts paper, Lucy Gelman. Um, she was working at the art museum down on Chapel Street at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and she, I could go through the whole history, but she got a, a gig writing kind of part-time about the arts for the independent. Um, mm -hmm. Then I pitched the arts editor, Brian Slattery, on writing movie reviews for the independent for, mm -hmm. you know, interviewing local filmmakers. That was back in 2015 or so. And then I just did a whole lot of that, did a whole lot of writing about movies, about other kind of smaller arts and culture uh, kind of events uh, around the city. Paul, the editor and founder of the independent, liked like my writing enough to give me a shot at writing different types of stories about about more new, newsy stuff. And he liked that enough too to eventually give me a full-time job in 2018 and then kind of rose the ranks from managing editor to now to now editor. So I've been in New Haven since 2010, writing for the independent since 2015. And it's the best thing in the world. I really do love this city. I, I love the independent. I love writing every day and being able to meet and talk with folks like like you two to keep the city ticket. Oh, thank you so much. That, that, that really means a lot coming from you. But um, just being in New Haven all the time and just telling all these stories and just sharing just so much information to people around the city. Um, what were some of those breakthrough moments that just really caught your eye? Like, yo, this happened like two, three minutes down from me. I can't believe yeah. what, what I'm in. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good question. So I guess I should, maybe I'll very quick, if I may take a very quick, small step back and say, so I'm the editor of The Independent, which is this local nonprofit news site that Paul Bass, a kind of legend in New Haven journalism, founded back in 2005. Yeah. Uh, it was only the second uh, nonprofit news site of its kind uh, you know, locally in the country at the time. It's really a, a trailblazer. And now there are hundreds of it, like hundreds of sites like this. I think not n- nothing quite like the independent, but similar model around the country now. So we publish, uh, you know, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 articles each day, Monday through Friday, all about life in New Haven. That means a lot of time. I spent a lot of time at City Hall covering Board of Alders meetings, City Planning Commission, you know, various various committee and kind of understanding and writing about how the gears of city government turn. Uh, I spent a lot of time out in the neighborhoods at events kind of big and small, whether that be block parties or community management team meetings. Um, spent a lot of time in court, whether that be housing court or, or criminal court. A lot of time covered politics, uh, you know, local, local, state and federal, all as it intersects with New Haven and really trying to understand what it's like to live in New Haven at this particular moment. I think the independent is, you know, we're fundamentally a kind of first and foremost, a breaking news site. So we write about what, what it's like here and now. But over time, you know, as, as you, I think, as a lot of readers of the independent experience over time, as you kind of the the knowledge that accrues from all of these articles gives you a sense of like what it's what it's been like in New Haven over the past 15 years, the past 17 years, you kind of get a sense, a bigger picture sense of how the city is changing, what it's like right now. So in terms of, yeah, I mean, some of the stories that I, that really hit me to my core, I mean, they range from a February 2018 profile I wrote of this lovely 81-year-old woman on Asylum Street named Dora Lee Brown, who spent four decades working at the Connecticut Agricultural Experiment Station as an entomologist studying gypsy moths and just a, a stalwart kind of a fixture of Hill community life, community management team activism, and just a great neighborhood advocate for the Hill. I find that New Haven is filled, you know, part of what makes New Haven so unique are its really well-defined neighborhoods, really rich histories in each neighborhood, really um, proud advocates for different neighborhoods. And the Hill is a classic example of that. Um, a lot of people have, you know, it's, it's a complicated place as so much in New Haven, but a lot of people are very proud to be from there and will fight tooth and nail to make sure it's a better place to live tomorrow than, than it is today. You know, I spent a lot of time writing about real estate in New Haven. That's really been one of the beats that I've developed over the past couple of years. So I kind of spend... Yeah, way too much of my life. We can go down the rabbit hole of how much, but thinking about um, how, you know, how Mandy management is expanding, how ocean management is expanding, how these big, yeah. you know, mega poverty landlords, how they, how they're financed and also what it means for speaking renters. Of landlords, <laughs> speaking of landlords, I'm very happy that that just came out. Um, there was something that I saw it was like years back when I was at my first radio station. Um, I think you had like a little confrontation with the landlord. Am I right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. I've had a few confrontations with landlords over the years, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> but I think that that one was, I remember writing about unfortunately, really, you know, tragic, yeah. a, a, fa- a fire uh, on West street in the Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a legal rooming house. A whole bunch of people were packed into, the, I think it was like a three family house, but maybe 15 or 16 people were living there. It was a fire and yeah. two people died. Um, and yeah, you know, I wrote a lot about the how the landlord was illegally, you know, cramming way too many people in there, hadn't set up a, you know, a, a safe place for people to live. And the landlord happened to have been arrested a few weeks before the fire for allegedly uh, assaulting one of the tenants who happened to be the same guy who died later in the fire. I actually don't think that there's any 
Oh, you know, foul play of like this. There's a relationship between the landlord getting in a fight with this tenant and then him dying in in what looked to be, I believe, it was an electrical fire mm-hmm. a few weeks later. But this guy happened. You know, I've been trying to get in touch with this landlord who I think he was in the Bronx, um, uh, owned a couple properties in New Haven, and I knew that he was coming to court um, because he had been arrested for allegedly like punching this tenant in a dispute over collecting rent. So I, you know, very awkwardly sat in the front row of the, you know, state courthouse ground floor courtroom on, on Elm Street as his, he had his hearing for, you know, the assault charge. And I think the case was continued. And then I kind of ran after him after he left the courthouse that day and, you know, told him I was going to write about his, you know, his role in owning this building that literally killed someone because of how dangerous it was. Yeah. And he, uh, I think he said, like, don't you dare take my picture. And I said, I'm going to take your picture right now. And I <laughs> raised my camera because, you know, we, an important part of the independent site is that we don't just write words. We we take pictures. You know, I really believe mm-hmm. that yeah. that a way to empath- empathize with and understand who it is who fills our articles and our papers and New Haven Public Life is to actually see them, you know, and just read about them. Well, this guy was none too pleased about me raising the camera to take his picture. So as I lifted my camera, he like took a swing at me, but I was able to dodge it and lean back. But I did get this, I think, really cool photo of him in motion, like going, going to yeah. throw this photo of me. And, but then I, I think I may have like taken, I don't know, 20 very quick steps backwards, maybe the quickest that I've run backwards from anyone. And I think I got a photo of him walking away up the street too. Tom Breen, you're such a brave man on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City made EZ Blues is in the building, who's also brave as well, too, and won't be afraid to punch a landlord as well, too, especially if he's shady. EZ <laughs> Blues. Do, oh, wait, can I say one? I'm sorry. Go right ahead. Turn, turn to the yeah, one. Uh, I just no, wanted to about you, brother. Remember about that same article. So, yeah. you know, and I think this gives a good sense of the type of, you know, we're not your... Um, your average, you know, corporate owned uh, paper that publishes totally like incomprehensible and sedate articles about, you know, whatever, whatever our corporate overlords want to publish. Like independent has a lot of attitude and I love how that comes mm. through in the headlines. I love how that comes to the writing. So I'm afraid that this, I'll try, maybe I'll try to censor it, but this article about the guy who took a punch at me was called violent slum Lord quote, I'll break your effing camera and quote. Wow. <laughs> 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 Oh boy! I hope yeah. that guy isn't listening right now. <laughs> but <laughs> you want I hope he is. And, and, you know, I hope he is I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for indulging oh, me, Prestige and Easy. No, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. Easy, but yeah, but most people. Yeah. Okay. go ahead. No, no, no. no. Most people. That's no. rare. Very this rarely great. does anyone. Very this rarely does anyone throw a punch at me usually i mean people usually people are the best they're really wonderful to talk to even on more you know difficult and thorny or an accountability stories like people are not throwing punches left and right but then occasionally they do hold on the light bulb just went above my head this time wasn't there yes. an incident in a cafe or something there was like a like a little story in a cafe oh, where, and you yeah. had a confrontation with somebody uh, and, prestige you were bringing you, me and, back and, yeah I'm, I'm bringing it back down memory lane just the conversations that we had and the stories that you Man. covered because you covered so much within the independent that there was a crack was me some up. cafe please tell oh, me oh i remember that moment. it was yeah. called some i just i just googled it it was so the article is called new cafe harvest data bars townies because <laughs> it was a it was called the shiru cafe it was on yeah 
College Street, I think. I yes. yes, it was on yes, College yes, Street. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and it was this, I think it was a Japanese, it was like a cafe uh, model that had started in Japan. This is one of the mm -hmm. first US outlets. And they mm -hmm. only, and I, this is going to sound like a joke, but it's not a joke. They it's only, uh, they only allowed college students in and they, yeah, only, they serve, this. and they serve free coffee but only to college students. And in that mm -hmm. part, yeah, that's like very near Gateway, but clearly Shiru Cafe was open. I think they had opened one in Providence. They were like clearly opening for this to be an exclusive Yale right. student cafe. Yeah. In that other, in like a public street, like, are you kidding me? Just opening them? Like, is it, aren't there? Like, you know, we have a very long and sordid history of like barring people from businesses because of their affiliation or lack of affiliation or, uh, you know, who, who they are or, or what have you. So mm -hmm. I remember going into Shiru Cafe soon after they opened and I was on, you know, we do a lot of Facebook live kind of live video yeah. feeds on the independent. So I went in there and I had, you know, my Facebook live video on and I interviewed the manager and spoke with her about how I thought this was like a clear violation of like the 1964 Civil Rights Act and stuff yeah. and choosing to serve Seriously. you know clearly only Yale students and then oh boy I, I think that place shut down pretty soon thereafter not that yeah, I'm looking it, it, to just, that not that I'm looking to shut, but but they were <laughs> oh yeah and I think that their business so they gave free coffee to you know to Yale students but I think they collected and maybe even sold data they definitely they, that was the data yeah. harvesting kind of like Facebook yep. or anything else free on the internet you know they're really just harvesting data and selling it to the highest advertiser Oh my god, that was unbelievable. And that was only that was That's not right. too long ago, too, which is the craziest and scariest part. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh man, I'm so glad you were <laughs> right. That was a, a claim, a small claim to fame. <laughs> Confronting the Shiruka. Not the Shiru. I mean, it's not like, you know, this is I feel this is classic independent too. I mean, you know, who's gonna who's gonna flip out over Shiru Cafe? It's like one small cafe on College Street, but I think mm. for the independent. For me, for our readers, come on, we can't live in a town where there are cafes that are only serving basically Yale students. Inexcusable. And they got the independent treatment. <laughs> I was told I was told in broadcasting school that forgiveness is better than permission when it comes to just reporting and just doing what you do. You have to go always go out there and take that risk. You can always say you're sorry. But uh, you will always regret if you don't take that moment, take that grasp, go out there and do what needs to be done. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely true. I mean, so much of, you know, so much of being a reporter, especially a local reporter, working for a breaking news site means that you're always putting yourself in situations that are unfamiliar and potentially a little uncomfortable. But um, you got to, you know, I, at least I lead, you know, lead with trusting that people genuinely want to talk about what they're going through that they they people tend to feel you know better when they feel heard when they they feel like someone is paying attention to their their story and and their experience and also i trust that people who do not want to talk also are also very upfront about that i mean very often you know someone will say i actually don't want to you know and unless if it's you know, so that city hall or like the fish or whatever, you know, there's some things it's like, well, it doesn't matter if you want to talk or not. This is kind of something that we have to write about it's in the, in the public, you know, public domain, public interest. Uh, but not everyone wants to talk. Not everyone wants their photo taken. Not everyone wants to be on the front page of the local news. And that's, that's fine too. That's totally, you know, you got to respect that as a reporter, especially a reporter who, you know, lives in the community that you write about. The independence very much, a, you know, we are of this city as much as we write about the city. And you got to, yeah, you got to lead with respect of the people you're writing about or else, uh, 
readers and aren't gonna aren't gonna see themselves in the stories. They're not gonna see that this is a site that cares about the city. You know, the last thing we want to do is just kind of helicoptering in, writing like hit pieces about people and then running out. But you know, then again, there are also are some things that are kind of shady that sometimes you have to write about and a lot of people know about. Easy your fingers up. Go ahead. <laughs> well no, I I love that you just spoke about that because it, there's so much truth to even when people are being disrespectful in their acts and what they're doing to the city can be considered disrespectful, going about and covering that story with, with respect is a huge thing because you're, um, no matter what we do, we, we are going to sway the listener or the reader or the viewer in one way or another. But when you can do it and you can paint a human side to it, I think it is, and it's something that you do incredibly well. I have been in many of, of, of situations with you where you're just kind of like the fly on the wall um, and running, running a Facebook live or, you know, scribbling away on your incredible notepad. This man still carries a notepad. Yeah, I love it to death. And when everyone else is sitting there with their phones out with a little microphone on it, he is scribble, 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 flip, scribble, 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 <laughs> flip. Um, and it, there's just, there's such a the beauty to it, but you have this incredible aspect of really just being able to blend um, into the crowd very, very well. Is that something that you've worked on or is that just like your natural, you know, is that now I'm watching the real movie of life and I just want to sit back and, and uh, watch it? Or is that like a character that you play? That's a good question. And what I love that I love the love for the notepad because I certainly, I mean, you know, with juggling, juggling phones and cameras, there's a lot of like technology involved in, I don't know, life these days, you know, let alone reporting. But, uh, right. but I do love having, you know, one, a notepad is a really important way to let people know that you're like, you're a reporter because a lot of people aren't yeah. used to interacting with, I mean, I don't know how often, like, even though we, we see each other a fair bit, you know, many, many people who I interview any given week, never spoken to a reporter before. And so it's important to like, never, ever, ever hide what it is that you're doing. Right. Like I'm taking notes, I'm taking photos, I'm identifying myself. I am a reporter writing for the independent because the last thing you want, and this happened, you know, I certain I've made this mistake early on in my career, career. I know every reporter I've spoken to where you're interviewing someone, they don't quite understand what exactly it is that you're doing. And then you write an article and they're like, oh my God, I told that person who now published it forever on the internet. Um, and that is a mistake that you should only make once because, right. you know, your trust from people who talk to you is really the, you know, one of the most important things you have as, as a reporter. And if you accidentally or intentionally break that trust, that is, that's a really bad thing. But so in terms of uh, hanging out, I mean, I think it comes from, you know, I, I don't know if, I guess I'm on the smaller sites, it's kind of easier for me to like fit into like the side of a room or sit up front and not like take up a lot of space. You're not the most conspicuous of people, but you know, at the, it, the independence wardrobe is not, you know, we are, we're kind of going around in our, our jeans and sweaters and baggy, you know, it's like, we're not looking to be the three piece suit wearing, uh, you know, re reporter who um, feels like they're here for a special occasion. I mean, I, you know, I try to think like I'm here as an attendee, whatever it is, as much as I'm a reporter, how do I not disrupt or kind of influence how something plays out? But then again, and I can't stress how important this is enough, you never, ever, ever want to hide that you're a reporter, when you're, or at least mm -hmm. I don't, you know? So I know like, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes sometimes reporters are trying to do the gotcha stuff. I never want to do gotcha because that's not, you know, I'm not looking to be a reporter who surprises people by writing about them. Like is I- Is that unprofessional? 
I mean, I think I think it is, and it's certainly unprofessional for the type of grassroots, community-based, community-building journalism that the independent does. Like we're not we're not looking to be sneaky. You know, we're looking to to build. Like there's a mission here, and that mission is to make people feel, you know, more connected to one another, more invested in their community. And the way you do that is through a deeper understanding of the truth. So it's not like we're lying. You know, it's, it's it could be very easy to lot like you know make people people feel good and bring them together by lying. We don't do that. You know, it's like you can't, and as a journalist, you can't just make stuff up. Um, but also I always remember that like, what is the goal here? Why do I think it's important for people to understand how city government works, what it's like to live in New Haven at this time? Ultimately it's to have like, to live in a better place. <laughs> that doesn't mean we write about only good things, but it means that we mm-hmm. write honestly and truly and, you know, not hiding that it's Tom Breen behind the camera or Nora Gray Slud or Maya McFadden or Laura Gillespie, you know, Paul Bass. We don't hide who we are. These aren't robots writing articles. These are real people right. who like, you know, live in the city. Mm-hmm. Easy. Well, no, see, I, I love that. And, and I love that there's this incredible principle behind there because, you know, we've been in some really interesting times um, and there are people that are out there that aren't printing truth, that, you know, are making money off of not printing truth how do you hold on to, you know, that, that true principle when you're wa- like, when you're sitting and watching the world burn, how do you stay true to who you are and the principles that you hold? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, it's a good question. Fortunately, there's an incredible foundation that Paul, my editor, or I guess now, you know, the founder of the independent now associate editor or who helped great, great helper, Paul Bass. He's laid a wonderful foundation at the independent for the past you know 17 years. Uh, in that we have, again, that mission of building a stronger lowercase d democracy through honest day-to-day breaking investigative reporting all about all things New Haven. There's no story too small for uh, the independent. I've certainly covered my fair share of like, you know, a dog dog park opening or, uh, you know, again, just like, you know, a a bike month party on on Ivy Street, you know, or or city hall meetings, city planning commission meetings where I'm staying until midnight, uh, you know, hearing about latest residential, you know, luxury developments where they're getting built and what's getting knocked down to make way for them or what's not getting knocked down, what parking lots are getting, you know, so there are all, all different types of things that go into making what life is like in New Haven right now comprehensible uh, and human and, you know, grounded in, uh, you know, kind of a, a very ethical understanding of what it's like to treat people like fellow human beings. And so I think that we at the independent have carved out this very specific niche for us. We're not trying to tackle the big national, like who won the 2022 midterms or who won the, and you know, we certainly, I love, you know, I'm a political news junkie. So I certainly love every chance mm-hmm. I get to write about and read about um, local politics, state politics, federal politics. But we know, like, I, or at least I know that the independent is trying to do one thing really, really well. And that thing is, you know, within the bounds of New Haven, what is it like living here at this time? What do people need to know? What's of like public interest that people need to know? Um, and then how do we tell that story in a kind of human-centered, kind of people-centered, empathetic, honest way? Uh, so knowing knowing the boundaries as much as pushing ourselves, mm-hmm. I think, is, a, is an important way to not get too overwhelmed by all the craziness that goes out on out in the world. Right. <laughs> well, and, and you have walked into some crazy situations. I mean, I, I, I've been there with you for, for a couple of them. And when I say with you, we didn't, weren't hanging out. We just happened to be in the same space at the same time. But, um, you know, what is it like to sit there and 
you know, and you take it so seriously, you'll sit there through the craziness, even if it means you're going to get punched in the face or, you know, you know, you sit there and, and you hold tight because the story is that important to you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah, probably one of the, I don't know, crazier and more upsetting things I've covered was the um, the taking down of the Christopher Columbus statue in Worcester mm -hmm. Square Park in late June yeah. of 2020. And I say that that was crazy and upsetting primarily because I, I, I remember, you know, getting there, I don't know, like six or seven in the morning. I knew mm -hmm. that the city was planning on taking down the statue. I knew that there was going to be a group protesting, uh, mostly kind of Italian-American um, from group from East Haven, North Haven, kind of just outside of the city, people with roots in New Haven, but who didn't necessarily live here. And I remember the, just the the really intense kind of mm -hmm. anger felt from that group in particular that day. I thought, is someone going to do something? You know, mm -hmm. constantly reading about terrifying acts of violence all over the country. I thought, is this going to be one of those times where there's like, mm -hmm. there's a group really passionate about taking down the statue. There's a group really passionate about not having to come down. And because all of the, I remember all of the crane operators that the city was calling that day kept calling out because clearly they mm -hmm. like didn't want to be the ones to remove the Christopher Columbus statue. So what was supposed to happen at uh, you know, at like seven that morning didn't wind up happening until noon. And by that time, there was a huge crowd in Worcester Square Park, tensions very, very high, and punches thrown by I remember mm -hmm. this, you know, the group of people protesting the removal of the statue. Mm -hmm. One of the guys threw a punch at a protester named Most Fidel, and that turned into a telescope. But it, it, it mm -hmm. was it was really intense. I remember running around Facebook Live and the whole thing. So, you know, I I don't know. Hopefully, fortunately, situations like that don't happen too 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 frequently. But when they do, they kind of sear themselves into to mm -hmm. one's memory. Just kind of grateful that you know we live in a city that you know New Haven is incredibly segregated and. Mm -hmm. It is a city where all too many people have, you know, deal with just a horrendous level of, of violence. Um, and I, I think that it's um it's important to to never to never forget that when when reporting on it, but also to recognize that that is not what defines right. the city, um, even when it does terrify. Mm -hmm. Tom, well, and and just to give hold on, hold on. just to give the, the uh, uh, yeah, a happy ending to that story, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember you were also there a couple of days later when most Fidel and the mayor came out and, and hung out and had a very long conversation with him. So, you know, as much as there was a darkness in the city, there was some light that came from it. And here you are, the fly on the wall to capture both moments. So thank you for that. Yeah, my place. That's right. That was that was a nice coda to that. Uh, Tom, I only got you for about like two, three minutes. because I know Yeah, I'm sorry yeah, about that. Not, prestige <laughs> Business happens, but I'm really happy that you shared your time with us. Uh, normally, I ask people to give like a, me and easy out of respect, ask people to give this amazing advice at the end. But I have this one question for you. Please. Paul Bass did such an amazing job doing what he did for the New Haven Independent. With your new position, congratulations, by the way. What are you going to do different? Mm. It's a good it's a good question. And let's see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to work my way towards an answer. I hope that's okay. And we'll see if there's anything actually, <laughs> actually different about it. But I, I think that so much of what Paul did, it would be yeah. an incredible honor and accomplishment if I could do a lot of the same. I mean, in terms of the 
building that real deep trust in the communities mm. that we write about, especially in communities where people do not look like me, look I'm like, you know, middle-class white guy from the suburbs mm. of New York city who's only lived here for 12 years. Um, I take it as a, a great point of pride that, that I already have, you know, that I've built the level of trust that I have in so many different parts of the city. And I hope that I can only continue to do that as I edit the independent. Um, and as I continue as a, as a reporter kind of help helping shape Shed, shed light on what it's like to live here at this time and the wonderful people that, that make up the city. But I think that my, you know, my biggest goal, and I think Paul also did this wonderfully, so this isn't too much uh, of a different thing, but, you know, now I'm not just writing for The Independent. As an editor, my primary responsibility is, is managing people. And I have this incredible mm-hmm. staff of Maya McFadden, Nora Grace Flood, Laura Gillespie, who are you know my three writing colleagues at the Independent. Um, in addition to Paul, in addition to Alan Powell, Brian Slattery, yeah. there are with a great group. But those are those three are really the you know wonderful young reporters who I get to mentor every single day. So I I, I see my my biggest goal and biggest challenge is to make sure that that they grow as much as possible as reporters and that they are able to while developing professionally in their own rights are able to contribute to this incredible thing that the independents done over the past 17 years in a small way that I've contributed. I hope to help kind of help them only kind of elevate and help tell the stories of what it's like to be in New Haven at this time. Tom Breen, please give any social media or any way to reach out to you. Yeah, I mean, I would say the big one is just read The Independent, newhavenindependent.org. It's very easy to tell what I and my colleagues have been up to because we write about it and publish it on the internet every day. So it's, uh, but, you know, independent.org, newhavenindependent.org, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, New Haven Independent. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm also on on Facebook and, and Twitter, but really most of what and under so you just search my name, you'll find it. But really, check out the Independent. I think that you'll learn a lot about New Haven if you don't already know it. And uh, and yeah, thanks thanks so much for having me, Prestige and Easy. It's a pleasure to be here. Love what you do. Thanks for your contributions to WNHH and to New Haven uh, arts arts and culture. We appreciate you on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. Behind the brand continues, but Tom Breen unfortunately has to, you know, do his own thing. Be a till next man. time. Yeah, till thank next you, time. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Oh, do. no, there'll be a next time. We have a lot to cover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, Prestige. See you easy. Thank Thanks, you. Eric. That was fun. Yeah, no, he's such a good dude. He's such a good, and, and it's like, I'm not kidding. Like, anytime you're in some type of event or something like that, and he looks up and he smiles at you. You're like, oh, that's Tom. I'm going to go over and say hi to him. Um, but it's so, like, I mm-hmm. hope that the, the listener really understands how important um, that that job is and how serious, you know, yes, they they are re- doing everything on the small local scale, similar to what you and I do here on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking that big spotlight from the mainstream and and shooting it down you know, to, you know, the, the, the local aspect, you know, and mm-hmm. now I want to ask you a question because no one ever oh, really asked you questions boy. anymore. Here we go. Go ahead. It, what, what really was the heart and soul of you making the decision to turn, you know, this opportunity into telling the stories of the local? Everybody needs to be heard. Um, similar to what Tom said, it's amazing what you can learn from different individuals. And just from what I learned from Tom today in this broadcast, he really opened up a lot when it came to doing what he do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his probably his profession 
made him a better person. Um, socially saved his mm-hmm. life, you know, <laughs> because he's the happiest person <laughs> I see running around. Like you said, mm-hmm. you said hi to him. I barely get a chance to say hi to him. So that instant, you know, connection I made with him, like I think I think the last week, just to get him on the show mm-hmm. today, um, right. that's rare. Because like mm-hmm. if I see him, he's running, going to the next thing that's happening in this city of New Haven. Like he's always running around and always has a notepad out and always is covering different stuff. Like you barely can catch him. So if you catch him, get that right moment. So I'm happy you had an interaction with him because mm-hmm. that that was rare. <laughs> <laughs> that was rare. <laughs> and it's not out of disrespect, you know, because no. he's committed to the job. He's yeah. so committed to what he does, you know, now with his new position as top editor, but like he he's on it. And at the end of the day, you're a lot more respectful than I am. Yeah. Like you catch your you catch your money, you're like, oh, he's running. I kind of stand in front of him and be like, hey buddy, <laughs> and see you in a while. <laughs> So it's different, you know. <laughs> okay, you you command the attention. <laughs> I kind of I don't know why. I, I, I let don't people, why. you know, be their own way. You know, what I'm saying if you're gonna say right. hi, say hi. If not, you know, life right. goes on. You know, what I'm saying we're gonna meet again, but <laughs> you, you, you you command the attention. This is great. Sometimes I don't know why it's it's weird. It, that happened that happened last night at the awards. It's pretty it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, for those of you who know, just tune in. Easy and his band Shane Penguin did get nominated for the New England Music Awards last night. Congratulations yeah. again! And Thank what was you. the nomination? It was what best punk nominee or what yeah, we it? got best best punk act. I don't know why we got nominated for best punk act, but we got nominated for best, best punk act. Um, but it was cool, man. We 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 showed up uh, at Foxborough uh, and like we sit down at the table, and of course we've got our, our little Shane at the table. And and a woman walks over. She's like, "Are you Shame Penguin?" We're like, "Of course." <laughs> so she's like, I really love your name, and that's great. So we're able to give her a sticker and stuff like that. But it was it was a cool moment. Like, and as right. she was doing that, the waitress was coming up. So like, it looked like we were a lot more important than we were. So it made it made us really feel well. Um, but then we also were like kind of put on the hook because now she thought we were a big deal, so we had to tip her heavy. But you know, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, she's like, these guys didn't give 20%. Screw Shane Penguin. No, no, ma'am. Here's 35%. Have a good day. <laughs> now, just from previous conversation with, like, the rest of the band members and you, you guys really don't have a genre. It's just a little bit of mix of the music all you guys love, and you put it into one. Yes, we're calling it Penguin Rock now. Actually. Penguin Rock. Yes. We just got tired of, of being like, you know, like Tristan uh, calls us indie punk and it kind of makes sense because like we have yeah. the indie philosophy and we do have like the punk energy, but we're, there, there's really no sense. Indie and punk are like the same word. Mm. It's just, you know, one wears a mohawk and one wears a flannel, you know, pretty much all, <laughs> the only difference. <laughs> what great stuff did you see? Just uh, within the music world, like how many bands were just like so amazing? You really get a chance to talk to. Just tell me just a little bit of that experience. Um, it's when you first get to anything like this, it, it's yeah. very like high school. You know, the bands from Rhode Island hung out in this corner, and the bands from Massachusetts hung out in this corner, and the bands from Connecticut hung out in this really bad small corner in the back. And we were, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but so. <laughs> 
it becomes very territorial. Right. And then like some musicians will go on and play and people will get up to support and dance. Um, one of the craziest moments was this dude, amazing singer songwriter. He's playing and the crowd is just like on super socialization aspects of the crowd is louder than he is. And you can tell he's getting frustrated. So he just kind of cuts his set and he goes off. And then not two minutes later, he wins an award and he has to come back out and accept. And it's on his birthday. Wow. So he has to come out and accept it. And man, I give this dude so much credit because like everyone's like pin drop silent to hear his speech. And he Mm -hmm. goes, why couldn't you guys have been this quiet while I was performing? And I was like, sir, sir, I appreciate you. Thank you for saying what we were all thinking. (laughs) You know. From the guests we have with uh, Tom Breen, um, do you feel you two share a little bit of similar backstories? Because, I mean, you're you're coming from New York as well, too, and then you come to this new destination of New Haven, Connecticut. I hope I still got easy because he's frozen on my side a little bit. I hope I still got you, brother. I hope you're still with me within this broadcast of the show. Gotcha. There you go. I'm here. Did you All get right. my question? No. Okay, cool. Beautiful. These things happen. Um, just, right. a little, just a little bit more about our guest, Tom Breen. Um, do you feel you guys share right, just yeah. a little bit of slight similar when it comes just to backstories, just you coming from New York and just coming to New Haven, this diverse city, and just, you know, rebranding yourself into this new human being? <laughs> Yes, yeah, I do. I do. And, and, and I kind of want to know a little bit more about like his upbringing aspect, because um, although, yes, I came from the suburbs of Long Island, um, I didn't necessarily come from like the good suburbs of Long Island. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So, gotcha. Uh, you know, gotcha. I understand. and, and, you know, I, the, the listener knows I'm very, very honest about it. You know, I spent a good portion of my life on public assistance, um, you know, so I don't necessarily have the same stories that a lot of like suburban people have. Um, I have more stories that like non-suburban people have. Um, and that's fine. I know what the government cheese tastes like and it was delicious. Um, you know, the big block of cheese. If you've never had government cheese, it makes the best grilled cheese sandwich ever. You got to get one of those cheese slicers. It's got like yes. a weird wire and you got to go down. And if you cut it too thick, man, it ruins your grilled cheese sandwich. But if you cut it just right, ah. Uh, Best grilled cheese in the world. <laughs> well, we got. Well, we definitely have to plan having uh, Tom Breen again uh, in the facility. Definitely. And Harry said the cheese was was delicious. Exactly. <laughs> it was, and on a grilled cheese, which is like the right like half a pound of butter on on both slices of bread. I'm telling you, it's a heart attack waiting to happen. I loved every second of it. <laughs> Oh, it's been a crazy year, man. It really it's has, a, man. It's been a crazy year. We had we, we had a lot of interesting guests. We're gonna have a little bit, a couple more uh, within yep. within this whole year, twenty twenty two. It's not over just yet. Uh, it's been not an amazing yet. ride. We're still going on with this program. Really happy mm-hmm. to be here. Um, I know. And twenty twenty three is around the corner. Twenty twenty three is around the corner. Life goes so fast. It really does. Yeah, too fast. It, too fast. It, 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 it's just amazing right now. But um, we will be back on Friday for Behind the Brand. Uh, Zillow Man is going to be the guest. Zillow Man. Zillow Man. Cron Zillow yeah. is going to be the guest for Friday. So I'm really, I'm really happy about that. And thank you guys for being with us on the show. 
myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, always doing his thing. Long Island Rays, Elm City made, EZ Lose is in the building on WNHHLP 103.5 FM. And this has been Behind the Brand. Appreciate you, Harry. Trying to figure out what it's all about Excellent Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know I don't know I don't know Spending time all alone Sending my songs through the phone Dreaming of a better home We want focused on trying to hone This craft Witchcraft I hope the brujas let this last